Liana Keys, she, her, is a multi-hyphenate theater artist with a primary focus on queer and trans people, aiming to authentically portray the full complexities of queer life. Lindsay Mantone, she, her, is assistant professor of theater and resident dramaturg at Linfield College. Angela Farschiller, she, her, is the director of arts education at the two-time Southeastern Emmy Award-winning ArtsBridge Foundation for the Cobb Energy Performing Arts Center in Atlanta, Georgia. In addition, they are all the editors of the Methuen Drama Book of Trans Plays, which we discuss in this episode. We'll delve into how this anthology came to be, the common themes that emerged across the diverse range of plays, and much, much more. Take a listen. Welcome to the Bloomsbury Academic Podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Morofsky, and today I'm speaking to the editors of the Methuen Drama Book of Trans Plays, Lindsay Mantone, Angela Farscheller, and Liana Keys. Thanks so much for being on the show, everyone. For everybody listening, this is our first group interview. <laughs> Glad to be here. Just to get started, I was curious how this anthology came to be. I'm Angela. I can go ahead and jump in on that. For me, Previously to my current position as a director of arts education here in Atlanta at a performing arts center, I was an assistant professor in a theater and performance studies department here in Atlanta. And I taught the classes that were basically from the ancient Greeks to contemporary drama today. And I was always at the beginning of every semester thinking about which place to include, which voices to include, and really working to endeavor to introduce my students and expose my students to the widest spectrum of voices. So then I was looking at where are the trans plays or where are trans playwrights that I can add to this. And that was a very difficult task to find kind of a large grouping of trans plays that centered on trans characters. So I started talking to Liana, I started talking to Lindsay and kind of asking them about resources or what did they think. Where were these books that were really kind of easily accessible in a mainstream kind of way for professors or instructors inside of classrooms to be able to relatively easily add these voices to our syllabi? And we just didn't see an anthology like this there. And so kind of taking the advice of the great Toni Morrison, if it's not there, it's there for you to write. And so we decided to take on this challenge. It's amazing. I think even looking at the descriptions of the collection that ended up being selected is, I don't know, there's just such a vast range of different storytelling happening in this anthology. And I'm just curious, how did you end up selecting the plays and writers to be included? Were there any playwrights that you wanted to include that didn't end up making the final cut? I can jump in on that one. Hi, my name is Liana Keys. I use she, her pronouns. I was sort of our talent scout, so to speak in the play process. So I was in charge of figuring out who belongs on our list of people to look at. And in that process, I was using a lot of who has already been produced and at large scales or small scales. But then also we were using the new play exchange, which allows you to search by gender identity and a whole bunch of other identities. Because it was important to me and to Lindsay and Angela as well that we include voices that weren't just the ones that had already been successful. In this anthology, we have people who've been in the New York Times being reviewed, 
And we have people whose plays have not yet received a full production, or at least at the time of collating the plays and getting them all together. Because we wanted to focus on plays that had not just already been approved by sort of the artistic gatekeepers, the vast majority of whom are cis. And even well-meaning cis artistic directors and literary managers who really are trying to do the work of being inclusive, they don't have the perspective on it that a fully realized trans theater would have. So in selecting writers, we wanted to make sure that we had a diversity of gender identities, of racial identities, of spiritual identities ended up turning up in this anthology as well. And of course, there's so many playwright plays and playwrights that we wanted to include. You know, if we had unlimited pages, if we could just make this anthology a thousand pages long, I'm sure we could have because there were so many wonderful plays that we read. But we really did want to focus in on giving a wide variety of perspectives of plays that were not were not about cis education. We wanted to do plays by trans writers speaking to anyone who wants to read them, certainly, but plays that weren't about, okay, cis audiences, this is what it means to be trans. We're moving beyond that in this anthology. Right. It's talking about different kinds of experiences without actually having to educate the audiences. You've already kind of touched upon this, but why do you feel that this particular anthology is an important addition to the theater world? I can take that one. This is Lindsay Mantone. I think to Angela's point, faculty members who are teaching classes are always looking for a book you can grab. Something that between a front cover and a back cover will offer a lot to students and that you can just easily assign or easily review on your own while you're thinking of putting together a syllabus. I also think that the mere existence of this book in the future might inspire faculty members who are thinking, gee, what should I teach to teach a class in trans theater specifically? Because anthologies do that when people are trying to figure out what to teach, both in terms of like a whole course theme or the specific texts that are on a syllabus. We turn to anthologies often. And we can get into the politics of that, but the convenience really does matter, and faculty members are always pressed for time. I think a lot of those similar arguments can be made for literary directors, dramaturgs, artistic directors, people who are programming seasons of plays. And I think, again, having a book that you can pick up and in one place read eight different plays that approach trans experiences from different religious perspectives, from different regional perspectives is really very useful when figuring out what to produce. And I would also add to that, I think there's a lot of times where you have anthologies where you just have the plays. An additional component to this is that each of the plays also have come along with a critical essay or kind of a scholarly essay that really helps to not only unpack the world of the play within itself, but also bridge to the world that we are currently living in, right? And the larger kind of brushstrokes of issues and politics and intersections that are happening for the reader. So I think it also makes it a really great kind of companion piece. It also helps it to grow the dearth and spectrum of uh, trans performance scholarship that I think is also really helpful, not only for people who are working in production types of elements, but also in the classroom as well. Oftentimes you're looking for that kind of essay or that thinker or that scholar to help really bridge the world of the play to the world that the students are inhabiting. And I think the scholarship that are the companion pieces that go with each and every play really kind of stand out and make the anthology a little bit different than your kind of typical anthology that just has the plays. Oh, Angela, I'm so glad that you brought that up 
I was in the process of composing like, oh, I really want to bring up. Go for it, Liana. <laughs> yeah, so many people contributed to this anthology who weren't the three of us or our playwrights. One of the challenges that I was facing in constructing this anthology is that I am not nearly as academically oriented as Lindsay and Angela. I'm much more of the art side of things. And I wanted there to be a melding and different ways in for anyone who's reading this anthology. There are people who are going to come to this wanting to go deep into the theory of things. And so we have essays that do that, right? If you want to really go deep into that aspect of things, you can't. Or if you're mostly interested in engaging with the art, you can go right to the art. And it's so exciting to me that in addition to curating plays such that there are plays that will appeal to artists or directors or professors who are looking for different styles of plays, there are so many different stylistic traditions in this book. The essays and curated content that's around them is similarly broad in its approach. Absolutely. And at the same time, they're around five pages. So they're also very digestible (laughs) in and of themselves. So that's also something that we wanted to make it something that was truly a companion and kind of a bridge into, or as Liana mentioned, something that you can read afterwards if you want to just have that first kind of taste or interaction with the play in and of itself. Right. Just from reading the descriptions, and as you guys are saying, there's such a stylistic diversity of plays and mediums happening. I think that there's like a puppet play in the collection. There's a lot of puppets, actually. Puppets Uh came up a lot. (laughs) What's that about? People are just really into puppets. (laughs) I think puppeteering is actually like a very underrated art, honestly. (laughs) It's just clearly in a collection, there's something, it's so broad that there's something that can kind of appeal to everybody. But because there's such a range of experiences, I was wondering when you were putting together this collection, were there sort of any commonalities cropping up between the plays? I am a structure nerd. I love grouping things. I love organizing things. And so as we were trying to figure out what order the plays would go in, all three of us were looking at different ways to organize the plays. Like, oh, do we just want to go linear? And then we started to realize, oh, actually, there are commonalities thematically or stylistically. And then figuring out, okay, if we were going to put these plays together, how do they interest us? How do they speak to each other? Are there common elements? We noticed that three of our plays all had fires. There was a big fire in three of these plays or fire in some way involved. And we're like, oh, okay, maybe these plays have some sort of commonality. Do these plays rhyme between themselves? And by starting off with simple things like, oh, there's a fire element, you were able to get closer to, oh, actually, these plays are all about family in some fashion. And so grouping things together felt like a natural approach. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I wonder why fire just kept on propping up. Was it sort of symbolizing something similar in each of the plays or did it sort of take on interesting and different roles? I think fire mostly symbolized a kind of inflection point where there was a before and then the fire is a moment of cleansing, erasing, destroying something that existed in the past and creating space for something new in the future. But Liana, you have fire in your play. Do you want to talk about how it operates in Dr. Voynich and her children? Sure. I always struggle in how to talk about this play because, very minor spoilers, the fire happens at a pivotal moment. But even when we were putting together the essay that associated with this one by Jacqueline Pryor, I was like, oh, are there too many spoilers in this? I'm a very spoiler-conscious person, so I don't want to talk too much about the fire. But what I can say is that I was really excited about the 
design, I'm always interested in design. And one of the things that my process of putting that play together specifically is that I've now had the opportunity to go and be involved in three different developmental workshops or readings or presentations of this play. And it's been very much in dialogue with those creators and those artists. So in this book, there's a lot of footnotes in my specific play where I try to leave opportunities for collaboration with the artists who would be producing or thinking about it. So I may note like, oh, if you have a campfire on stage, you can use the campfire for this. Otherwise, have the person pull over a bin of plant scraps and light that on fire. So trying to give opportunities for future productions or future study that are collaborative in the same way that the creation of this text was collaborative in and of itself. Absolutely. And thinking about all of these different themes like puppets or nature or fire, this was a really large conversation for us as editors was thinking about how do we group the plays together? Because all of the different groupings can give different kinds of meanings. We finally settled on the various groupings that we put together. But I think even as a reader, you could still pick something out of the first grouping and something out of the second grouping and still find a lot of places of parallel and overlap as well. I think in a certain kind of way, all of these plays were chosen because there is some kind of link to them. But I think the ways that they speak to each other, depending on in what kind of order you might read them, will speak and make meaning in lots of different kinds of ways. But I do think that there are a lot of common themes across the board as far as all of the plays that were selected and kind of made the final cut. Yeah, a free assignment opportunity for anyone listening to this. (laughs) Students, remix these into different groupings and justify them. Yes, that was basically our editor's assignment. (laughs) I, like Liana, am also a structure nerd. And I mean, I will say, I think Liana alluded to this, we did have different structures for the book at different moments and we kept sort of reordering them. But what I love about the process of sort of carving the plays into sections, which is weird, it's a weird thing. It's also that theaters who are programming a season can look at this thematically, can look at this anthology in terms of region or theatrical style, could pick a play from each section to produce in a given season to get a lot of variety, if that's what a theater is interested in, could pick a whole section of plays to produce, right? Maybe there's a theater who's like, we're doing puppets this year. It's happening. And they pick the three plays in this book that have puppets and then other plays as well. But the three of us have also talked a lot about how exciting it would be if a theater produced this book of plays as a whole season, or maybe even a region, say LA, like a bunch of different companies in LA get together and say, we're going to produce this book of plays across these five different production companies. And they sort of program it throughout a whole season. It could really happen because these plays span so many different topics and styles It would be very exciting. That's the dream. Absolutely. And I would say the kind of prominent kind of thread for all of us at the very beginning, and as we checked in toward the end as well, is that we definitely wanted to have plays that were written by trans playwrights, period. And then we also wanted to have plays that centered protagonists or prominent characters inside of the plays that were trans. And that it also, it wasn't necessarily just about a kind of coming out kind of moment or reveal kind of moment, but that really focused on other aspects of trans existence and trans experiences. Mm -hmm. If a play opens with, not to shame plays that have this in it, but if a play opens with a sad looking person looking in a mirror, wishing that they were transitioning, that play is already setting itself to be a certain type of story. 
And that's the type of story that already exists in theater and people are used to. So we wanted to do something that was looking beyond the coming out story. Also, just circle back to, Liana, what you had mentioned earlier. Another common thing is that these plays are not about teaching cisgendered people about the trans experience. That also was a really kind of touchstone marker that we looked at as well. That sort of reminds me of that speech by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, like the danger of a single story and how it's just if you are trans or queer or any sort of identity where there hasn't been a lot of opportunity in the past to like write these kinds of stories, it does get a little frustrating to like have your experiences siloed into one single narrative. Speaking as a queer person myself, I got really sick of seeing a bunch of movies about lesbians just like dying at the end. (laughs) Or yeah, and I also got pretty sick of watching coming out experiences, especially growing up in the early knots that like really seemed to be like the only narrative that I could see on MTV or whatever. And, And now you get to see gay or trans villains or trans superheroes. And it's just like they get to just experience the full dimensionality of being a human being instead of just having their identity. Well, of course, we've also moved into the time where lesbian movie, I'm pretty sure it's a period piece where like two white ladies look at each other longingly for like an hour and a half. What movie are you talking about? Is it Ammonite? Too many. Too many movies is what I'm talking about. The hope is that in this anthology, you're going to get something different and anything that you engage with. But all of them are connected together because we're all trying to do the work of bringing trans representation beyond just representation. We want to talk about like, what are our actual playwrights interested in writing about? Yeah, it's obvious that you're like seeing this from so many different vantage points. It's really interesting to me that you use the word remix or there's such a fluidity of like how people can use these plays, what sequence they're putting them on. It's kind of like a playlist where you're trying to tell a certain story based on the structure and the sort of narrative beginning, middle and end and what you choose to include and what you choose to omit. I think that's really powerful that it's sort of like a collaboration with the playwrights and the directors getting to portray whatever experience that they're getting from your collection. And that it's speaking to, obviously, two of you are academics. And Liana, as you said, like, I think you're more straight up in the theater world. Is that correct? Yeah. I do have a BA from Stanford in theater and performance studies. Yeah, no, but, sorry. I'm not but, trying to like... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, 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 no. When I say that I'm not an academic, what I meant was that I had a certain experience when I was going to school and I was like taking queer studies classes or feminist studies classes. And I was frustrated by being assigned readings by cis people about trans people. And I was like, well... Okay, I mean, I guess I could see why you would say that, but also of the 10 trans people that I hang out with on the regular, this applies to like two people. Actually, you're just kind of dreaming up this person and I don't know what your engagement is with my community and I don't trust this scholarship because it seems disconnected from my lived experience and the lived experience of people that I care about. In curating the plays, this was an attempt to go past that. I think of our critical anthologies Statistically, I think I'm correct in saying that all but one of them identify as trans or non-binary as of the time of this recording. So who the heck knows how it'll be in the future. But we wanted it to be people who had experience not only in theatrical communities, but also lived experiences speaking about how the works impacted them. 
we wanted it to be not just like by trans for trans, but by people who knew deeply what they were talking about and had skin in the game. And I would say that also includes the scholarly essays as well. Oh, 100%, 100%. Yeah, can you talk about the scholarly essays a little bit? How was that sort of in conversation with the plays that are included? Well, the essays also similarly take a range of approaches to the way that they engage in the plays. But many of them position the plays in sort of a broader theatrical landscape, which is to say, all right, so this play that follows this essay takes place in the American South and is realism. And here are some other plays that have also done that. Here's what this play is sort of building on or growing from or doing differently. So it sort of provides that kind of historical context. We have some critical essays that are really getting into language and the way that language around trans has evolved over the last 20, 25 years, where it is now, some suggestions for where it might be in the future, and how language is used to understand identity, sort of broadly, but then also in the play that follows. And then we have some essays that are really about theory and queer theory and trans theory and the overlaps between the two, but also the distinctions between the two, and sort of a genealogy of academic theory about queer and trans experiences and what that trajectory has been and might be. So the essays, like the plays, take a range of approaches. And that was something we really valued, too. You know, what we haven't talked about yet, but we absolutely should, is the fact that we, all three of us together, wrote an introduction to the entire anthology. It's called In a Trans Time and Space. It talks about the project of the book. A lot of the questions that we're talking about here are gone into quite in depth in the introduction that we wrote as well as sharing some of the, you know, as an artist, I wanted to open the book with some art. So there's a little bit of reflection on the history of quote unquote trans portrayals in theater and who gets awarded and who gets lauded for all of those things. And then goes much more into sort of theoretical stuff that I was like, yeah, Angela and Lindsay, (laughs) I believe you when you say those things. That sounds great. Put it in. Lindsay, Angela, do either of you want to sort of speak to that collaboration, what it was like to write the sort of introduction, like what was important to you? What did you like really wanted to be conveyed to the reader or the playwrights? Well, one of the things that we went back and forth about was a kind of lit review. This is a standard part of a traditional academic introduction. This isn't a traditional academic book in some ways because it is an anthology of plays. So we were sort of like, is the lit review important? What would go in it? We had moments of feeling like, there's been no literature about this. We are the literature about this. And then we had moments of really finding other works out there, plays and academic work that we do feel this book is in conversation with. And we did want to gesture to the work that has come before and include it and situate this book. Absolutely. And I would say there's been a lot of very robust work and plays that have been written and works that has been done or collectives that have come together. I think what makes this work unique and kind of surveying through all of that wonderful work that has come before is that it hadn't yet been put into an anthology type of form, into a very kind of mainstream, I can go to Amazon very quickly and get a series of plays, a series of scholarly essays that go with those plays that can really kind of take in this body of work as a whole and as a kind of stepping stone into what's been done before. And hopefully what will come in the future as well. So I think the thing that really kind of after surveying the lay of the land, so to speak, that we really saw is that there wasn't this very kind of 
mainstream, right on the shelf kind of anthology to be able to take off and think about whether I'm an artistic director, a dramaturg, a professor inside the classroom, kind of a go-to kind of starting place in an anthology kind of form. That said, there is a lot of great stuff out there. I just think this is a really kind of easy first place to go to get those.